Today's reading, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thanks, Evelyn. Uh, well, good morning. It's great to see you here at church today. Uh, my name is Matt. If I haven't met you before, uh, as Matt said at the start of the service, uh, I'm on staff here at Trinity Inner South as a minister in training. Uh, today we're thinking about this great topic, uh, why a disciple of Jesus should be dependent in prayer. And I think this is a great thing to talk about. Uh, Feel free to use the outline that you'll find inside your leaflets. Uh, It'd be great to keep your Bibles open to that passage in Luke 11 as well, uh, as we have a look at what it has to say. Uh, But before we begin, we are talking about prayer today. Uh, I think it's only appropriate that we begin by praying. So uh, would you join me? Uh, Dear Father God, you are a wonderful God. Uh, We thank you that you're a relational God who desires to be known. Uh, We thank you that you have given us prayer. You've given us a means to communicate with you. Uh, Thank you today, Father, that you've given us this chance to think about prayer. Uh, We thank you for your word, your means of revealing yourself to us. Uh, Speak to us through your word today, Father. Amen. Uh, As we begin, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, That question is, how do you feel about prayer? What is prayer to you? Uh, Because in the room today, uh, there's lots of different people, uh, many different backgrounds. I'm sure we've all had uh, many different experiences with prayer. Uh, For me, I've been a Christian for uh, a relatively long time now. So uh, to me, prayer has become quite normal. It's it's something I do regularly. Uh, Although, uh, like many of you, I'm sure, um, I'm definitely in that category where I wish I uh, would pray more than I actually do. Uh, but it's helpful, I think, to think about how others would see prayer as well. I mean, if I, um, if I try and think about prayer through the, uh, through the lens of my friends who aren't Christians, I think it's 
uh, I think it's quite easy to imagine that prayer would seem uh, quite unusual to uh, my friends. There aren't many other times in life when we close our eyes, bow our heads, and then talk to someone we can't even see. Uh, so prayer, I think it is a little bit unusual, and it's also a bit mysterious, I think. There's uh, lots of questions we might have about prayer. Does, does the God of the universe actually care about my little prayers? Why do I need to pray if I can sort thing, most things out for myself? Uh, and what actually is prayer anyway? Uh, so what is prayer then? I, I guess at a basic level, uh, prayer is just talking to God, isn't it? It's uh, talking to God, our Father, uh, asking Him for things, praising Him, uh, confessing our sin to Him, uh, prayers of thanksgiving as well. Uh, but it's not, all, it's not all that different to me just having a chat to my, to my dad, I, although, although instead of chatting to my earthly uh, dad, prayer means I'm communicating with the Lord of all the universe. Because I could, I could chat to my dad about different things, I could ask him for things, maybe I could ask him to borrow his car for a day or something like that. My dad's got a pretty nice car. Um, but when we talk to God, we can ask him, or we could ask God to heal disease. I could ask God to change my very desires. Uh, we can pray to God and we can say, God, bro- blow that hurricane back out to sea. Uh, we don't want those people uh, to be in the path of that hurricane. Uh, for those of us who have been uh, Christians for a while, I think we uh, know, even just, even just intuitively, that prayer is a crucial part of the life of a disciple of Jesus. I think we all know that prayer is a good thing. I mean, how incredible that we can talk to the Lord of all the universe. Uh, we might have some questions, but I think we get that prayer is a good gift. But on the flip side, we also know that prayer requires discipline, doesn't it? It requires effort. And many of us would like to pray more than we do. Prayer doesn't necessarily come easily. Uh, for those in the room who might be here just investigating Jesus, uh, as we think about prayer, you, you may have thought about prayer a lot, you might not have thought about it much, much at all, but I hope this is a helpful time as we uh, think about, actually, what is this sort of unusual thing that Christians call prayer? But if then, if prayer is a good thing, we want to become more effective prayers, how do we do that? What, what does Jesus have to say to us about prayer? Let's have a look at our passage in Luke 11. The first sentence in Luke 11, it begins by saying, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And actually in the Bible, uh, we see time and time again that Jesus was someone who prayed regularly. Here Jesus, he's been off praying somewhere, a certain place, maybe it's out in the garden, maybe it's a private room. Even Jesus was someone who made prayer a priority. So it's not surprising, the next sentence that we read, uh, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus, you're a good prayer. We want to become better prayers like you are. Jesus, teach us to pray. What a good request that is. And Jesus answered the disciples. Uh, He answers them by teaching them what we call the Lord's Prayer in verses 2 to 4. And we're going to take a look at the Lord's Prayer, and I want us to see that it It helps us think about what to pray for. And I think it especially encourages us to think big in our prayers. That's point one on your outline. 
And then in the rest of our passage, Jesus tells a story about prayer. And I want us to see that uh, this tells us something about how we should go about praying. Uh, When we pray, we should ask boldly. And that's on your outline as well. Uh, So first, think big. Now I expect, uh, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, I expect uh, to many of us the Lord's Prayer is quite familiar. Uh, These are actually some of the most famous verses in all the Bible. If you've grown up in a church setting, you've probably said these words many times. Maybe even know them off by heart. Uh, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Although you notice uh, this prayer ends there when you maybe expect it to go on a bit longer. Uh, And that's partly because uh, the the classic Lord's Prayer, the one that we uh, often say in church and that sort of thing, uh, actually comes from Matthew's Gospel, not this version here in Luke. And it also actually includes a bit of 1 Chronicles as well at the end. Uh, But still, these are familiar words, aren't they? And they... I actually think they can become too familiar, if you know what I mean. I think uh, because we can say the words, or we can know them off by heart, uh, but we can just sort of glaze over and say the words without actually stopping uh, to think about what the words mean. I've been watching a show on Netflix lately. Uh, it's called Last Chance You. Uh, it's a behind-the-scenes documentary about an American football team. Uh, they play in Mississippi. Uh, because you know, they're in the American South, so it's, it's sort of known as the Bible Belt. Uh, the team, they actually say the Lord's Prayer at the start of every game. Uh, but you sort of, it's strange the way they say it. It's, it's almost like they're doing it as a chant, and you wonder, if, you wonder if they're actually listening to the words that they're saying. Uh, they sort of go, they sort of put their hands in, the game's about to start. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, amen. All right, let's go out there and kill them, boys. American accent came, out, came up there. Um, you almost wonder if they're saying, you know, forgive us our sins preemptively because they're about to go and sin against the other team. Uh, we, we know the wor- words of the Lord's Prayer really well, but it is possible, isn't it, that uh, there are things in the Lord's Prayer that we might have missed. It might be, it might be worth looking at again. Take a look at even the first line of the prayer, the first word. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father. Even that is, is extraordinary. It's, it's Jesus who is the Son of God. And yet Jesus says, oh yeah, but when you pray, when you pray, you can call God Father. That is remarkable. We can pray to God, the Lord of the universe, and call him Father. And Jesus goes on, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, what does that mean? Is hallowed some sort of nickname for God? Is, is it praise God? God, your name is a hallowed name. No, what it's saying here is, God, may your name be hallowed. Let your name be honoured, God. God, hallow your name. As an example, God's name was hallowed as he uh, brought his people out of Egypt in the book of Exodus. Everyone saw what a great and mighty act that God had done. And they saw that and God's name was honoured because of that. God's name being hallowed is what happens here on a Sunday morning when we worship and when we sing songs, we honour God's name. And God's name is hallowed when Christians live self-sacrificial lives out in the community and people see that and it brings honour to God's name. God's name is hallowed. 
May, may that happen, God. May your name be hallowed. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. What does that mean? Does it mean that we want Jesus to return? Yes, yes, it does mean that. But it's, it's also more. God's kingdom coming means that God rules on earth. And that will happen in a, in a full and complete way when Jesus returns. But it, it can also happen now in individual lives. Your kingdom come means, God, let your kingdom come in me. May I submit to your rule in my life. May your kingdom come in uh, Vincent's life. May it come in Tim's life. May your kingdom come in the lives of my friends who don't know you yet. Can you see how this prayer is encouraging us to think big, to pray for those big things, to pray for those things that are God's priorities? Jesus goes on, we should pray, give us each day our daily bread. Now what's going on here? We might think, well, actually I don't need to really pray for my daily bread. It's, it's just in my cupboard at home. Um, and if I run out, I've got Woolies right down the road. It's open till nine. I, like, I think I'll be okay. Uh, but praying this prayer, it reminds us that all good gifts ultimately come from God. God cares for us. Even our basic needs, our basic necessities are gifts from him. And it's, it's not just our physical needs we should pray for, but our spiritual needs as well. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Forgiveness. God is the one who can forgive our sins because of Jesus. So we pray, forgive our sins and do not lead us into temptation. Jesus is encouraging us to think big. Don't just think about the physical needs, but think about our spiritual needs as well. Father, help me resist temptation. Help me fight the spiritual battle. Can you see how Jesus is encouraging us to lift our eyes and to think bigger? The Lord's Prayer encourages us to see things from God's point of view, to see the bigger picture. I know personally of all my failings, of all my issues around prayer, I think uh, for me this is the big one. I, I tend to think, I might, even, might not even think this consciously, but this is what goes on the back of my head. I've, I've got everything I need. I, I've got food. I've got my daily bread. I've got a nice place to live. I've got friends, family. I've got skills. I've got abilities. I, I actually think I can rely on myself to get things done. I must admit, earlier in the week, I, I sat down on Monday afternoon to uh, start writing a sermon, and uh, I actually started writing my sermon, and it was about two hours before I realised I'd done two hours of work on a sermon on prayer, and ironically enough, I hadn't even stopped to pray. My problem is that I can see things uh, from my own point of view too much, and I, I think I can get things done using my own abilities. And when I pray things like, God, give us today our daily bread, it's a reminder to me that I need God in everything I do. Even my gifts and my abilities are given by God and they could be taken away. And when I pray, your kingdom come, it reminds me that God's kingdom should be my real priority, 
The only way God's kingdom is going to come is if God acts in people's lives. I'm not going to be able to do that on my own. So praying a prayer like this, it's, it's not just about praying for the big things. It's also about our view of things being conformed to God's view, about us seeing things the way that God sees them. One really good practical idea I heard this week and I I tried it out in the week and it's something maybe you'd like to try is uh, take each line of the Lord's Prayer, I take it one line at a time time, and just each day focus on one line of the Lord's Prayer and reflect on it. Tomorrow, Monday, uh, you might just focus on that first word. Father, thank you God that you're my Father. Uh, Then Tuesday, focus on Hallowed be your name. What are the implications? What might it look like for God's name to be hallowed? Uh, The next day, uh, your kingdom come. What does it look like for God to reign in my life, in the lives of others I know, and so on? I I think if you do that, you'll quickly see uh, that your priorities will become more shaped uh, by God's priorities. So Jesus has given us the Lord's Prayer. It's a great prayer to pray. It's a prayer that helps us conform our view to God's view. Uh, But Jesus goes on. He tells this story about the friend who goes over to another friend's house and asks for bread in the middle of the night. And I think this story comes deliberately right after the Lord's Prayer, almost as if to say, "Uh, yes, you should think big. Uh, Yes, you should see things from God's point of view. Uh, But on the other hand, don't let that stop you asking boldly for the things that you want. Uh, so the story that Jesus tells, it's pretty simple. Say it's, say it's Dwayne. I already picked on Dwayne at 9am, but uh, say Dwayne needs some bread in the middle of the night. Uh, he's had a, had a friend come over. They're going to have some olive oil and some duca, but he's out of bread. Um, he has to run over to, say, Matt Lehman's house in the middle of the night to uh, get some bread. Um, although, Matt, you're gluten-free, aren't you? So I guess gluten-free bread's not too bad. Um, Dwayne knocks on Matt's door. Matt's already asleep, so, you know, come on, Dwayne, you know, the door's locked, my kids are in bed. Uh, But in the end, I reckon, because of Dwayne's boldness, Matt probably would get up and give Dwayne some bread, even if it's really just to get Dwayne to go off home so he can go back to sleep. Uh, The point is not that God is annoyed if we ask him for things and wake him up in the middle of the night. Um, The point is that we should ask. We should ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Uh, Now we can go a bit too far here and make uh, what you might call the Joel Olstein mistake. Um, Now Joel, if you don't know, he's a famous preacher in the States. And I I don't want to knock him too much. There's lots of good things he does. But uh, one thing he does make a mistake on is he kind of uses passages like this and he uses them uh, to teach what you might call the prosperity gospel. He says things like, Ask and it will be given to you. Therefore... You know, ask for your mortgage to be paid off. Ask for a new car. Ask for your private jet. God will give those good things to you if you pray hard enough. And and we don't treat God as a genie. But God knows how to give us good gifts. And he knows way better than we do what will be best for us in eternity. Even if that's not that private jet that you've always wanted. Uh, But still, what is Jesus' encouragement Jesus' encouragement is to ask. 
Ask for the things that are on your mind. Don't hold back. God is a good heavenly father. He wants you to ask him for the things that you want. Ask and keep asking. If we, if we think about what this might look like a little bit, um, I know for many of the Christians in the room, one of the big sadnesses in our lives is that we have friends or family who don't trust in Jesus. Some of us might have even prayed for uh, people, to, people we know to come to know Jesus for years, maybe even 20, maybe 30, maybe, maybe over 50 years. Some of us might have been praying for our siblings and our kids to come and know Jesus. And yet still, these people do not trust in the name of the Lord. Jesus' encouragement to you is to keep asking. Be bold. The friend who woke his friend up in the middle of the night got some bread because he was shamelessly audacious. Be bold and keep asking God that your friends and family might come to know Jesus. That might be the only thing left that you can do, but keep asking. Another example it might be worth thinking about is uh, how we as a church, we here at Inner South, we've been praying for many years now to plant a church from Inner South. And if you've been to uh, one of the vision dinners that uh, Matt talked about earlier, or if you were at the church plant info night a couple of weeks ago, uh, you've probably heard the story of how right from day one here at TIS, we prayed that we would one day plant another church. That's a, that's a pretty bold prayer to pray, isn't it? And we've been persistent in that prayer. We, we prayed that we would find the right person to join our staff team and be a church planter, and that prayer was answered. This year, a number of us have prayed persistently that we might find the right venue for our church plant to meet in. And it looks like we're very close to having a venue locked in as well. I think of all the things we've actually done to make a church plant happen in 2018, being persistent in prayer has been the most important. It was a bold prayer, and God has answered with good gifts. Uh, let's try and draw this together a bit. Jesus' disciples, uh, they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. I think what we've seen in Jesus' response is that prayer is a, a balance between two extremes. Now, I thought about how I could sort of illustrate this for you, and I was going to take my shoes off, but um, <laughs> I just couldn't find a link. Um, so I thought I'd just put a picture up on the big screen for you, if you could chuck this up. Uh, thanks, Brian. Uh, in prayer, it's almost like we walk along a ridge between these two extremes. Because uh, there's a balance there, isn't there? In the Lord's Prayer, there's a call to pray for the big things, to think about God's priorities and to conform our will with God's will. Uh, but then there's the other side to the balance. We should pray boldly for the things we want, the things that are on our mind, the immediate things that are stressing us out today. And it's great to think big in our prayers. It's great to pray with God's priorities. But on the other hand, we don't want to hold back from God. We don't want to hold back those things that are really going on in our day-to-day -day lives. But then if we go too far that way, there's a danger as well. We don't want to start treating God as a genie, only ever praying when there's things we want for ourselves. I wonder if your prayer life is balanced between the two. Of course, there are times when things are going to be harder. Maybe you're under uh, intense pressure at work, going through a difficult health situation, kids are causing you a lot of stress at home. 
Um, in those times, of course, of course we're going to pray more about the here and now. Uh, when there's something tough going on, it can be really difficult to pray about anything else. And that's, and that's okay, I think. God wants you to bring those things to him in prayer and to ask your Father for help. I actually find those times are the easier times to pray. But there are other, there are other times, times when things are going pretty well and you think, you know, I don't, I don't really need anything. I'm, I'm okay, I'm all good. Um, those are the times when we can really focus on praying for the big things. And what's more, I mean, as we, as we read, uh, give us today our daily bread, the Lord's Prayer reminds us that even all those good things that we have in our lives are from God. So thank Him for those things and keep asking for those things, even though you might have already had them yesterday. Keep asking for them today. Let me just offer a couple of practical ideas as we finish. Some of you might be thinking, uh, yeah, actually I do. I need to think a bit bigger in my prayer life. I already suggested one idea before for doing that, that you might commit, uh, even, even just for one week, you might commit uh, to pray through a line of the Lord's Prayer each day and then reflect on it. I think that would be a really helpful thing to do. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Matt Lehman suggested uh, some pre-prepared prayers, pre-prepared prayers uh, from Peter Adam. Uh, they're great prayers to pray and they help lift our eyes to God's priorities. I've, I've actually used them for a few weeks too and I, I highly recommend giving them a try. Uh, mostly they're just, they're just prayers lifted right out of Scripture. They're the prayers of Paul, uh, the words of Peter, the words from Psalms. The Bible gives us so much material to work with and to help us pray in line with God's priorities. Uh, those prayers, they were sent out on an email a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if, you, if you'd like to have a copy of them, please just fill in one of those brown response cards or uh, have a search through your email inbox. Feel free to get in touch with the office to ask the staff as well. We'd love to get you a copy of those prayers. I'd highly recommend giving them a try. Uh, but on the other hand, others might be thinking, actually, the change I need to make in prayer is I need, to, I need help to pray persistently and be bold in asking God for the things I need. And there are lots of ways you might think about doing that. One thing that uh, has worked for me is uh, I've got a little notebook and just as I think of something that I'd like to pray for, I jot it down uh, and I go back to that notebook uh, at least every couple of days uh, so that I'll pray persistently for those things. It's just one really simple, write them down, go back to it. Uh, it really helps pray regularly, pray persistently. Uh, there's also a book I read a little while ago. Uh, I've got it here. It's a book... Uh, it's called A Praying Life. Uh, it's by a guy called Paul Miller. Uh, I found this book extremely helpful. Uh, it's, it's not a theologian's book. It's just a, it's a relatively simple book written by a regular guy who's just, he's just a good prayer. Um, he's seen that prayer as a good thing. He's worked hard over many years. Uh, he's developed lots of little strategies to be persistent in prayer. Uh, it's got lots of practical things. It's got lots of great stories of how prayer has been answered in his life. Um, I really recommend this. I found it really helpful. Uh, even this idea of uh, the ridge and uh, walking between those, balancing between those things in prayer is uh, straight out of those books. So if you're interested, uh, feel free to come and uh, see me afterwards, take a look at the book. Uh, if you think about it during the week, feel free to get in touch with the office and we can point you in the right direction. Uh, Paul Miller, A Praying Life. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, well, friends, may God help us to pray for the big things. 
in line with his big purposes, I may God help us to pray regularly and boldly for the things in our hearts. Let's pray now. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our Father. Uh, We thank you that you give us the gift of prayer that we can talk to you, that we can have a relationship with you. Father, help us to come to you regularly in prayer. Help us to ask boldly for the immediate things in the here and now. Help us to pray for the big things as well. And as we do, please change our desires and our wills to align with yours. Help us to be dependent on you in prayer. Uh, We thank you for Jesus who taught us to pray. And we pray in his name. Amen.